All right, Steph, I've got a question for you. What's your favorite book of all time? Uh, obviously, you met her where? Oh, I thought you were going to say the Bible. Oh, oops. <laughs> oh. What's your second favorite book of all time? You met her where? <laughs> a distant second. Totally distant. It's a pretty good book. Sorry, God. It's still a pretty, pretty good book. But we're so excited. Where can people get our book, honey? Okay, I know this. Uh, Amazon.com. Yes. Barnes & Noble. Yes, and? And our website, KevinStuff.com. And, and what happens if they buy it off our website? <gasps> what do they get? Uh, an autograph from us. Yes. Who wouldn't want that? So, listeners, if you've already read the book, thank you so much. We've had such good feedback. One thing that helps us, if you can give us a review on Amazon.com, we would greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much, and thank you for listening. Hello, friends. Welcome to another episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Today, we hear some fascinating stories from Dan Smith, who has worked for the past five years at the Shawshank Prison in Mansfield, Ohio. Let's just say, I'm glad I don't work there. Hope you enjoy this episode of Tell Us a Good Story. Friends, we want to encourage you to please follow us wherever you listen to this, whether it's on the Apple Podcast app, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or one of the other platforms. It's completely free, you guys. This helps us out big time with the folks who track this stuff. If you haven't already, we want to encourage you to please rate or even write us a review on Apple Podcast. We need as many as we possibly can, even if it's just one sentence. Thank you for listening, you guys, and sharing us with your friends. Steph, are you ready for this next guest? This is something we've never done before. No, we I'm haven't. I'm super excited we about We have this. not. I should warn you, though, this conversation might get a little spooky. I'm intrigued by this. Yes, me as well. Friends, our next guest is from the city of Mansfield, Ohio. A newlywed, a proud graduate from the Ohio State University who happens to have one of the coolest jobs around. He is the associate director at the Ohio State Reformatory, which is best known as the Shawshank Prison. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Tell Us a Good Story, Mr. Dan Smith. This is going to be fun. Thanks. Thanks for having me. This is great. Oh, Dan, we are very excited to have you on Tell Us a Good Story. So you've been at the Reformatory, I think five years is what you told me. Is that correct? That's it. Okay. Absolutely. Yep. Five years. So the first question at this time, right? How many times do you think you've seen the Shawshank Redemption movie? Oh, geez. Um, probably the better part of 30 to 40 times at least because there's so many questions and people are so passionate about it that I, it's, it's like homework at this point in the best way possible. So probably somewhere between 30 or 40 times. What? Oh, my gosh. I was not ex- I was thinking 10, <laughs> maybe 10. But you're right. Are you giving the tours when you're there? So I don't usually give the tours. I'll do a lot of the productions and things like that. So when we have photography or videos come in. So, but of course they always ask questions while they're here, but we do have other tour guides and things like that. But I have uh, helped guide it for sure before. So what's, what's the most asked question then when it comes to the movie, when you're giving the tour or, or someone there at the prison? 
I think a lot of people just want to know how many of the intact sets are left. So that's really interesting because we do have a lot of that here. We have the warden's office from the movie, Brooks's room. We have the actual tunnel Andy Tim Robbins crawled through is here. So a lot of that is just how much of it's left over. So, and we have a lot of it here. A lot of the props, we have one of Morgan Freeman's shirts um, that actually is not on display yet that we just got recently. So it continues to grow. Oh, that's oh, nice. That's very cool. So did they like just pick up and leave or did they just basically say, here's our stuff. We're going back to Hollywood to finish production. What did they do? Yeah, so it's a really interesting story. So when they were filming the movie, the whole prison was supposed to be torn down. All of the outbuildings, all of the entire prison itself, do whatever you want because we're going to tear the building down after you're done. So they drill into walls or just leave the sets kind of there. And then I actually worked for a preservation society that came in in 1994 and saved the building. Okay, so I know how goofy people can get okay as a tour guide or as a director at the prison how do you keep people from trying to crawl through the tunnel right or lock themselves in a cell or touch all these things right at at the museum at the prison sure sure it's really interesting um a lot of the sets that we have actually we let people interact with them so we have like the warden's desk it's not the actual desk but it's a replicated one so we actually let them go into the basically the sets interact with them those kind of things now there are certain props like we have the safe from the movie that's behind glass so nobody can touch it at this point um the tunnel is actually kind of enclosed so you can see it and touch it but you can't crawl through it that has a happened before (laughs) that's why it's now enclosed (laughs) (laughs) i don't doubt that i I don't doubt that at all someone got stuck in it though like what would you do well and now 25 years later it wasn't really meant to last that long so we always worry about it you know caving in or something i mean they would only fall half a foot but (laughs) even so you never know that those weren't supposed to last that long (laughs) okay so with that tunnel right when andy was crawling through in the movie what was sewage Right. Sure. At the prison, though, wasn't it? Didn't they put chocolate and they did. candy they put, bars yep. and stuff inside there? Yep. That's exactly right. Chocolate syrup, candy bars. They had like sawdust, things like that they put in Hollywood magic for you. That's interesting. I wouldn't mind crawling through that. I would <laughs> yeah, totally me crawl through Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is one of the craziest? experiences you've had with a guest uh, like an tour. encounter yes what's really interesting is 99 percent of the time people are just excited they just for whatever you know want to experience it's their favorite movie they've traveled you know a long way at the 25th anniversary that we had two years ago we had a gentleman that went to one of the actors took his shirt off and his entire back was tattooed with a scene from Shawshank. That's probably (laughs) the most dedicated I think I've ever seen. What? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. I think there's photos of on like a news station or something of it, but yeah, that's probably the most dedicated fan I have ever seen. Do you remember what scene it was? I do not. I think it might've been Andy outside after the, when he, with the rain and everything, but it might've been kind of Uh, multiple scenes put together. But he was very excited to show the actors. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That, were you there at the 25th anniversary? I was there. Yep, absolutely. How cool. was that experience with the actors? 
It was really great. Um, kind of before that, in 2016, I got to fly out with our executive director here and meet Tim Robbins in L.A. He has a theater company out there, and we kind of went out with a couple other people that were associated with Shawshank Places, and we just kind of went out to introduce ourselves and went to one of his plays out there, and he was he was great. So we have not got him back since um, the filming of Shawshank, but we're hoping to make that happen here soon. So what was he like? He was great. It was interesting because I always picture certain people being very hard to get to, publicists, those kind of people. And at his theater company, he was just like right there in front ripping tickets, like at the front door when we walked in. I was like, well, that's just going to be easier than I thought it was. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So he was actually there. He was just very laid back down to earth. And uh, yeah, we probably talked after the performance probably for 20 minutes, I think, with him. Oh, my. What actors ended up showing up then for that movie film reunion sure really minus morgan freeman and tim robbins we got almost everybody back um the only person we were missing is william sadler who played haywood he was on a film with keanu reeves at the time so he couldn't make it but pretty much all the rest of the cast that was alive everybody came back for it so as far uh, we had an extras for extras panel uh, so the warden was back all of the second characters that were in it um, really everybody. So it was a great time. We had a really good time with it. How long did it take for them to film that production or that movie? I think a, about five months, I think total. Oh man. Wow. So then that would have been back in 93 is when they <laughs> yep. filmed this. Do they find you guys or do you petition for them to come out and look at your prison for a movie like it, this. So it's interesting. They they definitely had the petition for the prison for Shawshank at the time. I don't think a lot of people knew, you know, as a filming location at that point. Now it's a totally different story. Now we work with like Cleveland and Columbus Film Commission and they actually reach out to us traditionally to say, hey, we have this movie. They're looking for this. And then we usually have like the director and location scout and people come down to make sure that it can work for their film. Now Shawshank's yeah. not the only thing that was filmed. At the reformatory, correct? No, we've had other films. Yep, since we had Air Force One with Harrison Ford, where the Russian prison in that movie. So I think that's 97. Um, we had Tango and Cash with Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone in the 80s. We just did a movie with Sylvester Stallone recently um, called Escape Plan Extractors. And I was here for that one. Um, so yeah, we've, uh, we're always having productions. So it keeps it interesting. So on your Instagram page... Mm-hmm. You have one of the coolest pictures. It's with Dan and Sylvester Stallone at the Reformatory. And he's like in costume, makeup. Yeah, it looks like he just yep, got out of a fight. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. It was right after he got done filming. And they had been here for probably two or three months ahead of time. So the director, so we knew all of them. You know, you're just, it's like a work relationship. So they said, you know, you want to meet him? Absolutely. So we went and talked for a while. And yeah, he still had all the makeup and the blood and stuff on. It was literally like right after he got upset. Oh, gosh. Oh, that's so fun. Okay, so on your Instagram, you have some very cool photos, right? Like you said, Sylvester Stallone, you met, I think, Eric Church. You've met Kirk Cameron. What are some of the other celebrities, whether you have a picture with them or not, right? Who's come through and taken a tour of the prison or scouted out some type of, you know, film production? Sure. Probably the most recent one that's been here um, is Tom Holland, who plays the current Spider-Man in the Disney movies. Yep. So he was here recently. That was probably the trickiest one we've ever done because we had at that point, 
he was shooting a movie in Cleveland called Cherry that just came out. And we found out that, hey, him and Joe Russo, one of the directors of the Avengers who directed uh, the Cherry movie, they want to come down and go through the prison. Well, that was fine. But we had to basically get him in first and to get him out before the public was there. So we had probably the better part of maybe 2,000 people in line outside. They came in in the van, went in the back, did the whole tour. We put him in the van and left. Nobody knew that he was here at the time. So that was a little bit stressful because you can't let, you know, some of the staff and the actors is like, look who's here. So we have to like try to really quickly do something and get them out. So it's, um, it's very interesting. A lot of pressure when it's happening, but very cool. So Dan, going back to what you just said about the 25th anniversary of Shawshank, what makes the reformatory and the prison such a great place, whether it's movies uh, a music video, photography. What makes it such a good like backdrop, I guess, for those type of creative projects? Sure. I think what's really interesting about it is there's not a lot of old prisons that you can go to to do something like this. Um, you know, we know certain we there's like Alcatraz. Um, there's one Eastern State in I think that's in Pennsylvania. So there's a couple, but it is such a unique thing, and especially if there is a film or a photography class or something that is in Ohio and they're looking for something. Um, it, there's not a lot of those places. And we have newer areas that have been restored. We have the old cell blocks. We have a huge chapel. So it leaves a lot of opportunity. And we really try to make it where guests can come and really enjoy it. So there's a lot of different opportunities for productions and things like that. So we really try to embrace and have it be a good time for everybody. Go ahead. Okay. If you're in the prison... Mm-hmm. Like, do you ever like picture, okay, if I was an inmate here, <laughs> where would it freak me out the most to be a prison, like a prisoner? Would it be the jail cell? Would it be solitary confinement? Solitary confinement would be the showers where it looks like they just like line you, up. Yes, line you up and just <laughs> sure. hose you down. Well, there's a couple interesting things. For me personally, it would be solitary confinement. It definitely creeps me out. But what's interesting enough is we actually have a former inmate on our staff who's actually here as we speak. Um, He gives inmate tours from his time here. So he's actually here right now. So I've actually heard real experiences um, because we actually have one still um, here hanging out. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We got to go there. Okay. So this is on the Reformatory website. Okay, Dan. Mm -hmm. And this cracked me up. Okay. So Steph, you can do a tour. It's called the Inmate Confessions Tour. All right. It says, learn about life behind bars from tour guide Michael Humphrey, who spent 14 months here in the late 1960s. Michael leads you through a normal day for an inmate and shares stories that have stuck with him all these years. Note, this is where, this is the funny part to me, okay? This tour contains adult themes and is intended for a mature audience. Children under the age of 13 are not permitted on the life of an inmate tour, unless they're accompanied by their parents, right? Gets approval. Please be advised, this tour contains strong language, graphic descriptions of violence and abuse, themes of injustice, cruelty, inhumane treatment of prisoners. If you become uncomfortable with the content of this tour, please inform a staff member and they will escort you out. Yeah. That sounds like a serious tour. That's the one I want to go on. I was thinking the same. I'm like, why are you cracking up? I'm I'm on board with this. Yes. They have to put that note in there. Just so you know, he's going to be talking about what actually really happened here. My hand's in the air. I want to be a part of this tour. Like, yes. We can make it happen. Yes. That's amazing. Uh, Okay. So tell us about that gentleman who's giving that tour. 
Sure. So I won't tell you his whole story um, because he does he does save some uh, really fun stuff for the tour itself. But I will tell you, he's one of the nicest guys in the world, a hundred percent. And everybody that meets him loves him. So we'll get a lot of like documentaries that'll come out, whether they're talking about you know the prison system or just the building itself. They always talk to them um, because he's just that guy. So once they meet him, they're like, absolutely. He's got a really good redemption story as well in there. So it ended very well for him. Um, he just kind of was at the wrong place at the wrong time. And he was there, you said four, it was 14 months, I believe. They yeah. spent there in the late 1960s. Okay, mm-hmm. so I play this game with my buddies. We play this game with friends, just conversations of, hey, what would it take for you to blah, 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 okay? So for example, I'm at a football game with the buddies. Question is, what would it take for you to run across the field right now? Okay, grab the football. And you throw out a number. Well, I was thinking of you last night when I was doing the research for this conversation. Knowing what you know, Dan, you've been there for five years. What would it take for you, sir, (laughs) to spend a year of your life in the prison when it was actually a prison, right? Back in the 1980s, whatever. Because I'm sure you know a lot of stuff that kind of went down there. What, What would it take for you to actually spend a year in that environment? You know what's interesting? I've been asked a lot of questions in life. I've never been asked that. So it yes. would take it, it would take probably a huge amount of money for somebody to have to pay or something because it was uh, yeah, it's as you can imagine, a very crazy place when it was open. So I, I, it would have to be a pretty big bet or something like that, but it would take a lot to want to spend time for sure in here when it was a working prison. Because Correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, and I want to I want to get into some of the history, but the inmates at some point actually sued the prison system or state of Ohio because of how poorly the conditions were in that prison. Is that correct? That's correct, 100. percent And you know, I always talk to different people that either worked here or whether they're an inmate in different decades. So obviously, it was much better 50s, 60s, as it got worse, 70s, 80s, 80s really being kind of that time period that you're talking about, that just the inhumane conditions and things like that. Um, it really turned into a maximum security prison in the 70s, early 70s. And kind of that point on is when it really just kind of went downhill, I think, a lot for the inmates and things like that. And again, you know, the building was created in 1896. So you think about it, it's like that had already been here for a long time. You know, a lot of things changed from 1896 to 1970, for sure. So when I read that, I didn't even know that was possible, right? Where the prisoners could sue the state of Ohio for the conditions that they were living in and actually won. So it forced Mansfield to build a brand new modern prison, you know, across the street or whatever, because they actually won. I didn't know that was possible, but I did not either before working here. Right. So to take a step back, I want you to tell Steph about the, the cliff notes version of the history of the prison, right? Because it was built 19 or I'm sorry, 1896, right? After 10 years of construction, and what did it originally start off as? It wasn't a prison, so right? When, yeah. So when it really started, I mean, it started as a boys' reformatory. Things were very different in the 1800s. So when it started, it was basically like, hey, we're going to, whatever, whether you were stealing from a farm or whatever the case may be, this is a place to come, learn a trade, have religion. 
And then you basically, the idea was is that you went back out in a society better than you came in. So that was the real start. And it started really great, obviously, as um, facilities and different things change. Of course, it changed. But I mean, it held that for a long time. And then it did obviously become a full prison. But the initial goal of it was for young offenders. And they would have 18-month term stuff. If they were not deemed to have changed and they were you know, fit for society, they go back in for another 18-month term until they figure it out. Hmm. So then at what point did it become a prison? It's tricky because I've heard people say different stuff. I don't know when the actual prison itself would have been. Probably somewhere like maybe 20s, 30s. Um, I know it didn't become really a maximum security prison until later. But I'm, I'm a, I don't know officially when it kind of changed from the boys reformatory into a prison. And then, so how many cells are there? Because it is, when I was looking at the pictures, it is like six tiers, right, of cell blocks within the prison. I mean, it's kind of pretty intimidating. Yeah, we have a west cell block and an east cell block, um, one of them being the largest freestanding cell block in the world. So you could actually take out the ceiling, the walls, and it would still stand. That's our east cell block. Um, So they look very different. One kind of looks more like a cage almost necessarily, and then the other one's more open. Um, I've seen photos of it when, the, you know, the prison was active in the 20s and 30s. It was like very beautiful, actually, back then. A lot of it is, you know, due to peeling paint and things like that. Now, no heat back there. That's why it kind of looks like, you know, something out of a zombie movie or something, right. more or less now. But um, yeah, so we have two huge cell blocks, and we could easily have the better part of probably at its height capacity, probably over 3,000 inmates here at one time. Oh, oh my, was it ever completely full? Yes, it was multiple times. Three. So, okay, okay, so let's think about this. 3,000 inmates, it's maximum security, so it's the worst of the worst criminals, right? Oh my gosh, I would love to talk to somebody that was there well, during that time. This this Michael Humphreys gentleman will have to go on that tour. That stuff. would be crazy. What Absolutely. stories have you heard from that time? Have you heard any good stories during that You know, the big thing is, is just really, you either had to keep your head down or try to make friends with people, certainly, you know, to protect yourself. But we get, you know, people come back that want to kind of see it. It's, it's shocking to, and I love it, but we've inmates that have found God and changed their life. And now they have kids or grandkids. And it's like this closing chapter of them showing their life. Like, Hey, this is what happened to me, but like, here I am. This is what, you know, I'm good now. And these things have happened. And it's very emotional to see that, but it's, it is for a lot of people. It is that closing that chapter. Like I just need to see this one more time and then I'm good. So Steph, we just moved into a new rental home. You know who's good at homes? I do. Jay Luby. And? Miss Connie Luby. Yes. They build custom homes. They do remodeling. They do office construction. Steph, if you go to lubycompanies.com, they have a picture by picture here on the portfolio. And everyone is absolutely amazing. I want every one of them. <laughs> I want that one or that one. Oh, maybe that one. The or only just. problem about lubycompanies.com, it's hard to spell. Uh, there's no way... I could spell their last name unless you would have told me. I guarantee they get asked every day, how do you spell that? So friends, it's L-U-E-B-B-E companies.com. Go to that website. Phenomenal pictures of what they do. From new construction to like new renovations, the Luby companies are here to partner with you. They are also a proud sponsor of... Tell us a good story. Is this true? Because Kevin and I were watching a show 
about the Shawshank Redemption and the prison, the warden would actually live on site with his family. He did um, initially. They did not do that once it became a maximum security facility, but initially they did. So what's really funny is outside my office right here behind us is the warden's living quarters. So that actually hasn't been restored yet, but the warden actually, they did live on site. Their children, if they had children, their children lived here with them everything. I mean, it was their whole area, kitchens and, and offices and rooms. Absolutely. They did live here. Is it true that the warden's wife was murdered in those living quarters? So interesting. Everybody asked that question. Um, I believe no. And the reason that I believe that is her kids were in a room kind of uh, probably like 15 feet from that. So they like knew that this gun went off afterwards. She had a gun on top of a cabinet and she was trying to get a hat down. The gun went off and her kids, we actually are still in contact with them. They're, I believe in their eighties now, one of them, the other one passed away, but he said the story is false, but a lot of paranormal shows and conspiracy theories, as you can imagine, want to definitely look into that, but no, she was not murdered. (laughs) Okay. So let's move on to that paranormal activity because the prison, now granted, I, I can only imagine how many people have died at the prison, maybe committed suicide as prisoners, whatever has gone on at the prison. But you've had ghost hunters yeah. there as well, and you've got Halloween events, you've got a lot of paranormal stuff. So what are this, some of the stories you've heard in regards to paranormal activity there at the prison? Sure. Everybody always asks me, my personal story. So what has happened while I've been here? Have I seen anything, heard anything? I only have a couple stories. One of them being probably the most interesting is one time when I was here, it was a ghost hunt. I think I was getting ready to leave for the day and I was checking on everybody, but somebody had a recorder. So they'll play the recorder, then they'll listen back to it, see if there's noises, things like that. So somebody's in the West cell block and says, if anybody's here, give me a sign. The minute they got done saying that, probably 50 feet down in one of the back rooms, this light smashed off into the ground. Never in five years has anything ever happened since or before. And I mean, the minute she got done, if anybody's here, give me a sign, boom. And it shot off the ceiling. I was like, well, that's enough. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going home. Yeah. I don't spend a lot of time here at night anymore. So unless it's like a movie or something, we have a whole crew of people that do that. I'm like, I'm good. Thanks a lot. (laughs) <laughs> so do people spend the night there at the prison? So we have what's considered like a public ghost hunt. So they come in about 7 p.m. and then they leave about 3 a.m. But yeah, they basically turn all the lights off, all the cell block tiers, oh, and they can geez. walk. They can, they can go they can go into all the cells. They can hang out. They can sit, hang out. And we have probably 30, 40 of those a year. And I mean, there's 100 people at those per event. So I mean, we're in the summer months, it's every weekend. Every single weekend, there's a... We do private ghost hunts too. That sounds so. terrible stuff. No, that's hey, one thing we will not be doing. Let's turn off all no. the lights and no. go hang out in this cell. And go hang out. No. <laughs> no. I'm nervous to do it when it's broad daylight, let alone at n- No. No. Uh-uh. Okay. We won't put that on your list. That will not be on my list. Yeah. So they just have free reign of the place? They can Pretty much. Like, there, are, there are certain areas, you know, if there's like staircases or something that's unsafe, you know, we have all those blocked off. But minus that, if it's safe... For them to go into, it is all open for them to basically walk the whole prison. Have you heard anything besides what you experienced from 
any people, other people's yes. versions of what they've experienced there at the prison with paranormal oh, stuff? Oh, I mean, it goes, there's a lot of stories. Michael Humphrey's one of them where when he started giving tours, this is probably early, probably somewhere around like 2011, 2012, he said he asked this lady who was in this big ball gown, uh, ball gown dress, are you lost? And then I guess she didn't respond. He asked again, are you lost? And she turned around and walked through a wall and disappeared. <laughs> and he's like 100%. He said his son was there. His son saw it too. He, and he he lives by the story that he's like, no, that's a true story. Yeah. That's yeah. what he says. <laughs> nope. Nope, nope, nope. That's the most extreme I've ever heard, I'm sure. I wonder why a woman in a ball gown would have been there. It was a reformatory. Well, what's interesting is, is like, if we go back to the 20s and 30s, I mean, they would have governors and mayors and people that could even stay here. So, I mean, it was a very, I mean, it was a big deal. I mean, it was a big, important area for the state. So they could have had like a a dance or something like that. Yeah, formal for officials. So, I mean, in the time period, it could be realistic. So again- I've never seen anybody walk through a wall and disappear, but he said him and his son both separately saw this happen. I am covered in goosebumps. (laughs) Listeners, if you are covered in goosebumps right now, so am I. Oh my goodness. Let's go turn off all the lights and hang out in the cell (laughs) some night. I can make it happen for you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I have a question. A couple of them. How big are these cells, individual cells? Uh, Approximately about nine feet by 11 feet. So they can, if you walk into one, it looks like a good bear. It's barely a, cl- looks like a closet and two men were in the, these together. Two men were in them. And then a, like a mm-hmm. toilet in the middle or something, right? Yeah. The toilet's in the back and then it's like almost like bunk beds with a little sink. But if you're standing there, you couldn't get two grown men to walk past each other. I mean, you would almost want to have to lay down to get past the other one. Okay. What about the solitary confinement block? Like how big was that? It's pretty small. And um, when you see those cells, I mean, there's nothing in there. So there's literally a toilet and a bed. And I've always heard the stories that they were either in 24 hours. I don't know if this was the entirety of the prison, but I heard at one point they were in 24 hours of daylight or 24 hours of darkness all the time. And I think that was basically like a mental thing to try to get them to be like, hey, don't don't be in this. This is not a good place to be. So that's why it really creeps me out because that's where the worst of the worst is. So when I'm turning lights on, that's when I turn my pop music on or whatever. <laughs> just just do a little lap through there real quick and head on out. <laughs> okay. So you're done with your day job or you're done with your job. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. And you mm-hmm. have to lock up. <laughs> Do you, is it you? Are you like everyone's left? You're by yourself. It's December 20th. So it's one of the shortest days of the year. It's like four o'clock. Mm-hmm. It's already pitch black. It's a full moon. It's a full moon. <laughs> so you are like, okay, you almost have to like pump yourself up. Okay, I'm going to hit the lights. I'm going to do as fast as I can. Or are you literally in glow sticks? <laughs> like you have a whole outfit that you're just going to be glowing. So you know, you can see everything. What is your reaction when you're about ready to close? So I traditionally now, unless there's like a movie or photography, I don't have to close much because we have so many staff. We have staff to lock the building traditionally. So whether it's paranormal tours, but now I could do it. No problem. Like it could be whatever. It could be pitch dark, whatever. But I think some people ask like, well, how could you do that? I think it becomes normal when you've just been, you know, five days a week, the same thing. You just be getting normal to it. We have coworkers here though that still hate it. (laughs) (laughs) Dan, if I had your job, one, every noise I heard, I bet, what was that? 
What yeah. was that? Mm-mm. And then two, every night leaving, you would see me sprinting out, <laughs> out the <laughs> door, sprinting to my car Absolutely. every single night. Just, just on, run and get your track shoes on and go. He Every would have his headlamp on. Like, he start the car, have... start the car, start the car. <laughs> That's amazing. I'd be like, ask everybody, hey, can you walk me out to my car, please? <laughs> yeah, you'd have one of those auto starts. You would have, oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Steph, in the research that I was looking at, it said in 2018, the Ohio State Reformatory brings in 120,000 visitors per year. Wow. 120,000 visitors across however many events you have, right? Whether it's Halloween or what what other events do you do you have there at the prison? So in a traditional year we have like a murder mystery show, we have a home and garden show, we'll have car shows, we'll have paranormal events, we'll have Halloween events. Um, for Halloween vendors, things like that. But our biggest one that we have right now is called the Incarceration Festival. So we have probably, I think, somewhere between 50 to 60 tattoo artists, and then we have bands outside. So, And that event will be back this September, and it could be easily 40,000, 50,000 people here at one time. Oh, my gosh. Absolutely. I I thought you were going to say 4,000. 4,000. No, it's, yeah, probably somewhere between forty and 50,000 could be here this year. Is it true people have proms there, weddings there, business meetings there at the prison? Is that true? Please tell me no. Business meetings, yes. The other things, not really. But we did when, uh, initially, before I started, they were doing proms. They were doing weddings, things like that. Um, we don't do that anymore just because our availability is too low for that. But we still do engagement photos, things like that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a lot of uh, those requests. We do a lot of, some people get engaged in here. That's happened, I think, three or four times since I've been here. And um, yeah, so a lot of different things. You never know what you're going to get. Okay, so Dan, you are newlywed. I just mentioned earlier, any temptation when you were proposing to your fiance, now wife, to do something at the prison there, whether it's wedding photos, proposal. I did not because I always thought, that I would feel like I'm at work. But here's the other kicker. We've had two people on staff that have had, well, one had her wedding and reception here. The other had her reception here. So by that point, I would have been the third person on the staff to do it. So they, they got to take that. But no, I, uh, I felt like oh, I don't want to be at work <laughs> when that happens. So I uh, decided not to. But we've had other people that have decided. They do, I will admit, get married usually outside. And we have kind of like central guard room. That's a ballroom. Looks very nice. They're not having events down like by the cell. So if that helps a little that bit. That helps. You guys, I, my mouth has been open this whole time he's been talking about this. I'm shaking my head <laughs> the whole time. Like if Kevin even thought about having our wedding there, which Kevin, he's probably like, well, how, how expensive was it? Maybe we should have done that. But like, so that makes me feel better. It's not actually like in the prison cells and they're not having a wedding in the shower area. Can you imagine having That's the reception? Correct. The reception like, Where'd Uncle Frank go? Everyone's <laughs> trying to find where's Uncle Frank. No. Just, I mean, losing him in that no. prison. There's oh no, no, thank you. No, I'm just like no. Uh-uh. Okay, I have another question. One more thing about the prison. There is a shower scene in Shawshank Redemption, and it's like this long, like just stall. Is that really how it was back in the day? 
it would have been um, for them. We had two different showers at that point, but that was one of them. That is 100% what it had looked like. What's interesting enough is when they shot that movie, we were already closed and we didn't have one running water. So they had to bring in a fire truck and connect it into the pipes to get the water to shoot for that scene. So, because there was no <laughs> running water at that point. So, but that would have looked like how it would have looked like then. How many inmates would shower at one time? I don't know that I know the full number, but I mean, it was a group. You didn't really have a lot of time. I heard like at one point you kind of had to like walk down and then kind of walk back. So because they had to do it in shifts, you know, to get everybody through. So you didn't have much time. I don't know the exact time. That'd be a better question for Mike, but um, you didn't have much time at all. Those are some very specific questions, Steph. I'm How- fascinated. How many shower heads were in the bathroom? <laughs> I'm fascinated by it. It's crazy to me. You watch Shawshank, but then to really break it down, to me, it's just crazy thinking of everything. And how they had to do it. Like you said, the food and 3,000 inmates. Right. And then they're the most, so I'm just going, they're the most hardened criminals. So they're like, okay, how did you eat? Are you giving them a plastic spork? Are you giving them, like, what are their utensils they're using? I think about all of this stuff, right? Absolutely. They're not using, they're not giving them like, you know, a drumstick because they could use the the bone as a thing. I'm just thinking about all of this stuff. So any other questions before we let No, because you Dan keep Smith. making fun of my questions. So I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> well, listeners, for more information about the Ohio State Reformatory, you can go to their website at mrps.org. If you want more information about Dan, you can go to his Instagram account at Dan in public. And the Ohio State Reformatory is open Thursdays through Sunday for tours. Don't ask for Dan. Apparently, he doesn't do tours anymore. He doesn't anymore, anymore now. <laughs> but Dan, thank you so much for having a fun conversation with us. We appreciate this. Thank Thanks, you. Dan. Absolutely. I loved it. Thank you so much. Hello, friends. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to support this podcast, please go to Apple Podcasts. You can rate and review this episode. Also, for those who have asked us how to financially support, you can go to kevinandsteph.com and order one of our books of You Met Her Where. Thank you so much for listening to Tell Us a Good Story.